everyone. Welcome to the Cassie Burgos podcast. Today we have a special guest on, uh, my friend Joy. I'm going to have her introduce herself to us. Joy, go ahead. Hi, my name is Joy, and I'm so happy to be here, first of all. Thank you for having me on here. Yeah. I'm going to share a little bit about um, my son's rare brain disease. Um, It's called NMDA receptor encephalitis. Um, It's really a one in one million chance that somebody does catch this. Wow. Um, I really would like to share a little insight of what we went through, what he went through as a five-year-old child at the time, um, and how we overcame it as a family. And I just want to share because um, when I was in the hospital, there was no resources at all. Um, There was no support groups, um, nothing of that nature. So I think me sharing our side of the story will give a little bit of insight on somebody that may be looking for answers the way that we were looking for answers. So I'm so glad to be on here to share um, our story with you. I love that. And how many children do you have? I have four children. Names and ages. Okay, so we have Arun, which was the one that was diagnosed with um, NMDA receptor cephalitis. Um, I have, and he's 10 now. Um, then I have Aharan, and he is eight. And I have Joran, which is four, and Aruni, which is two years old. Oh, my God. You have your hands full? Yes, most definitely. And you're homeschooling. Every day. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? It's kind of nice having the two older ones and then the two younger ones because, um, like, the whole – homeschooling aspect it's like I can put them in the room and they can do their things that they need to do and then I have the living room full of toddler stuff so right keeping them totally separated (laughs) have they ever been in school or have you homeschooled this whole time oh I homeschooled this whole time ever since we got out of the hospital right I started homeschooling and I just haven't stopped because it's very convenient um for my schedule and being able to work from home and being right time so right it's convenient we love it good I like that I don't know if I could do it girl I don't know I like the first year I cried (laughs) I bet I would have such a hard time with that I'd go crazy um I know you're also an entrepreneur and we'll get into all the details of that later but let's start with your son because I remember when you first posted about that and how devastating it was and um I actually got the chance to come visit you guys. And I remember I just couldn't believe the situation you were in. I truly couldn't believe it was so it took everything really in me not to just cry and be completely heartbroken. Like, you know, I can't make it about me. But when I saw you, I just wanted to sit there and cry the entire time because I just couldn't believe the situation you were in. And when you explained to me that there wasn't answers and there wasn't a lot of resources and um, I did not think your son was going to survive. It, it did not look good for you guys. So tell us when, how it all started. Um, so it all started with me just noticing that he was walking funny. How old? Because he was five. And he, at the time that everything happened, we had just auditioned for him to model and for him to be on TV. Um, oh. And we just got picked up. And four weeks, we were four weeks out 
from actually going to Vegas and meeting the producers of like Netflix, um, like all, all these Disney, like all these name, like big names. Right. We were invited to a formal dinner with all of them. Oh my and gosh. And they were going to interview my son. And we only have four more weeks till that. And everything happened mm. so fast. Um, I thought, you know, like I was working at Starbucks and then going straight to Delta College afterwards to right. work. And my, my day's not over until almost 2. Or like I get home between one thirty and 2. So I'm like super busy. And then I got home and I had to um, care for my mother-in-law that just had surgery. Mm. And so it's like super busy. So I thought it's like my five-year-old wanting attention from me. And so that's mm. why she's doing all this, you know, stuff. Cause yeah. You know, like you want your mom's attention, and um, no matter how much I did crafts and set time aside, like it just increased within that day, like drastically. And I'm like, my son doesn't do stuff like this. Like he's very intellectual mm-hmm. when it comes to expressing how he feels and what he wants. So you know me, I'm like, there's something wrong. Like that mother, like instinct mm. kicked in. And so the next two days I took off work from both my jobs because I was like, there's something wrong. I need right. to just spend time with him, just me and him. So the next day I went to run errands and I took him with me and we went on a little lunch and stuff like that. And when we were running my errands, he would walk up the stairs and like literally skip two steps and would get up and he would have this blank stare in his face like, I didn't even know that I did that. Mm. And I can see it in his eyes that he was very confused. And right. I was confused because I'm like, you're, you're just, you model. You don't do stuff like that, you know? Right. Like, you know how to walk. And so I asked him about it. And then again, he did it again and didn't realize he did it. So I was like, okay, something seems fishy. fishy. So I just took him to the doctor. And then she accused me of um, giving my son alcohol. Which I was really <laughs> oh upset because I'm like, girl. I don't even drink. Like, I'm right. so with my other one. Like, oh, well, anyways, yeah. That's wild. So she, she's like, she did a couple tests with him that made him like walk up and down the hall. And he kept on doing, I guess, a drunk walk, as they would say. A drunk and walk. So that's gosh. Like, yeah. So she really did a drug test on him to make sure he wasn't <gasps> drunk. And then um, she was like, okay, well, since you insist that something is wrong, with your son, um, I'll have the ambulance come pick him up and we can go to St. Joseph's. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. I'll go to St. Joseph's. Mm-hmm. And um, when we're at St. Joseph's, we waited in the ER for 18 hours. 18 Eight hours? 18 hours with four different doctors coming to look at him. <sighs> and we waited for the blood work, all this stuff. My baby is like, he's not even bothered by the needles or whatever he's like just are they done are we done here like you know and so we were ready to go and um this the pediatric doctor that just happened to be on for that day Mm -hmm. came in and he was like no no I've seen this before he said he's seen this before and then he was like let me just take a look at, at him so he ended up sending us to UC Davis mm-hmm. because he said he had seen this before. We get to UC Davis and he actually 
um, they were the he was the only third child that has been there with the same symptoms. Wow. So they were like, okay, we already tried we tried this with the other two patients, so we'll go ahead and try it on him. Right. And see what happens. Well, he had a mini stroke because <sighs> of the steroids that they gave to him. Um, and then they tried to kind of brush it off their shoulders, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then while we were there, he got better and then he got worse and then he got better. So we were there for a month and a half until everyone started really complaining about how he wants to be at home and he, how he's tired of being poked and all oh, that stuff. Because baby. He, always, he always had a sense of humor. Like the needles don't bother him. But the one time that we were in the room and they were trying to draw his blood, it was a new nurse and he she missed four times. Oh my God. <laughs> he finally got fed up and he looked at her and he was like, come on already. How much longer is this going to take? Do you know what you're doing? <laughs> and I was dying laughing. I'm like, I'm so sorry. But yeah, like how much longer is this Right. Take? Yeah. Poor baby. But um. But he, he's very verbal with us. So he told us, like, you know, if anything was bothering him. So he finally wanted to go home, and it was, like, like a holiday weekend. And the doctors were like, we think, you know, it's safe for him to go home. And what was um, going on for that month and a half? Like, what were they doing with him? Was there a the diagnosis test- or anything at that point? No, we didn't find out he was diagnosed until six weeks into that stay. Okay. Um they came and told us, like, he's been diagnosed with NMDA receptor syphilitis. And it's where you have no white blood cells and you have a high spike of red blood cells. Okay. So there's nothing that specifically says, like, oh, this is what's going on. You right. Know? Um, so they can't say anything like that to me. to Well, to us, because they, they just don't know how it came about or anything Mm -hmm. um while we were there they just started doing like rehab treatments so that he could walk because he was in a wheelchair he his body collapsed that fast right so um he was in a wheelchair and at the time he was still kind of eating while trying to eat um so we didn't have no feeding tube at that time and i was trying my best to not have him get that feeding tube in but um, he was still eating, but he was losing his weight very drastically. And what, so, what um, as you're at UC Davis for this month and a half, what, um, what about your younger son? Like, who was helping? Was he staying with you? Did you leave the hospital? Like, what was, go- what was going on with your life at that time? I did not leave at all. Um, I had my family bring me clothes or um, Aaron, his dad, would go back and forth um, Mm. from home to over there. So he was watching our other son. And then the hospital kind enough because they have a Ronald McDonald there. So um, that's just a place where families that are driving far have a place just to stay so they don't have to put out the funds for a hotel or motel or anything. So it's like a – it's basically like a hotel. Okay. cozy like hotel I guess because they have a kitchen where they you can share all the food they restock it you can eat whatever you want out of there they have a washer and dryer in there for you your room has a shower and stuff oh my gosh 
And this is like yes. next to UC Davis Hospital or within the hospital? Yeah, it's like right behind UC Davis. Wow. So they have like um, shuttle service and things like that for you as well. So, oh my gosh, amazing. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know that they have that, but, you know, now we do. Yeah. Um, and then that's kind of where I will touch on later on with what I'm trying to do with his um, nonprofit organization that we've um, created. Oh, I love that. Okay, awesome. Okay, so does he go home after UC Davis? Yeah, so we go home for three days. Okay. Notice that there was a drastic, like I'm talking about drastic change in his attitude and his body posture and everything to mm. where he was putting his whole fist down his throat to choke himself out. He was making himself turn blue by holding his breath. Um, he was very violent and we were just like, okay, this is not, not, you know, not okay. Right. And, um, I did all the soothing things that I knew would like calm him down with him. Um, and then finally, um, he sat down, watched games and usually cause we've never had a TV in our home, mm-hmm. um, something that we chose because we teach them a lot of how to play outside and enjoy nature and discover, you know, new bugs and things right. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've never had a TV and he had a device and he would not get off of it. And he just started screaming and making himself turn blue. And then when that didn't work, he started choking himself out by sticking his whole fist down his throat. <gasps> oh and my gosh. Um, so, what, like his dad jumped in, I jumped in, we were trying our best to like calm him down. And since we could not fully calm him down, mm-hmm. uh, his dad kind of like grabbed him and like kind of like not shake him hard, but like shake him to kind of like snap him out of it. Yeah, right. And finally did. And when the look on his face, when his dad did that was like, OMG. Like, he didn't even realize that he was doing all of those things to himself. Right, right. So it was out of his control. Bed, yeah, he, like, he couldn't control what was going on. Wow. And so I gave him a bath, and I was rubbing his back, and he's like, he told me, he said, Mom, I am so sorry. And I was like, what are you sorry for? He was like, there was a ninja inside me that I could not control. <gasps> and I broke oh my down. Gosh. I turned around and started crying because I'm like, how can a five-year-old really understand what's going on? But he expressed it in that nature. Right, right. Um, oh, he loves ninjas. And so him, um, a bath, he came out. Right. Um, and at that point, he just, I sat him down with a tablet and I told him to go to sleep later on that night because it was like one o'clock in the morning and he still wouldn't sleep. And that's when I realized something was really wrong because he goes to sleep by like seven or eight and he's okay. And at this time he looked like a freaking, I would say like kind of like drug addict. Cause he like, his eyes had this look in it that I've never noticed or right. never recognized. And then he was just full of so much anger and he just, he would not listen. He was screaming. He was lashing out. Like it was horrible. And I was like, that's it. Like we're going to have to, take him back to the hospital yeah uh, so at this point I was just like 
okay, we're, I'm like starting to pack up and he stops me and he's like, mom, can we just have one more night together? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's fine, you know? And he's like, can I just do one more thing before we go into the hospital? Because I know we can't do this stuff at the hospital. And he asked to cook. And um, oh. I remember him telling me, like, he wanted to cook. And so I'm like, okay, we can do that in the morning. You'll make breakfast for us. And so um, he said, when we woke up in the morning, he said he had a dream about what kind of breakfast he was going to make us and it was chocolate french toast and he so he made chocolate french toast in the morning and um we just we enjoyed a morning breakfast together and later on that day we went to the beach before we went to the hospital um and i remember talking to his dad and his dad's like well since uc davis couldn't help us we have to go to another hospital that is that you know is, is better for children so right. that's when we went to oakland's children's hospital um and that's where we remained for a whole year um so it was just as soon as we got in there well prior to that we took him to the beach um just so that we can you know watch the ocean and have a lunch by the beach together as a family right um things just started getting out of hand again um where it was like his attitude he was hitting he was just getting violent so we're like i have to take him in there so we went through the er they did everything and they urgently put him in under care um they took more blood work it was still the same thing and then six days after that he became a vegetable and when I say it, like, it was extremely hard because if I would have known as mom that my son was going to be a vegetable in six days, what would I have done different? Instead mm. of sitting here stressing out about all these doctor, doctors and these nurses, I my biggest regret was not being in the moment with him and just letting him know and reassuring him that everything was going to be okay. Oh, because girl. I, you got me crying over here. <laughs> well, I'm like tearing out. I'm trying. Uh, like, well, I remember <laughs> that. I remember the Facebook posts and like the conversations and like just being devastated for you at that time. Yeah. And so it's just, I, I tell myself like, what would I have done differently in those six days? If I knew I only had six days to hear my son's voice again, mm. you know, and, what would I have done differently? And so that that's where everything comes along with me creating that book. Um, because it, within that six days, if I would have known that I would not be hearing my son's voice or not being able to even do a Lego set with him or, right. you know, him whispering in my ear, like, mommy, I have a secret to tell you because that was his favorite thing to tell me at the age of five years old. He's always, mommy, I have a secret to tell you. And so if I would have, would not have known, like, you know, like I always ask myself, what would I have done different? Would I have, what would I have done different? But that's why I created the book because the book will at least give a family insight on what may happen right? and what kind of to expect even though each individual case is different right at least they'll have a roundabout of what exactly 
might happen or, you know, something of that nature. So that's the real reason why I created that book, because I was so lost and so blindsided. And so just, I was like, my heart was just like, give me all the answers, everything right now. But they, every single family meeting was, we don't have no answers. Yeah. We don't know what to do. Right. This is what we may be able to do for you, but we're not sure. And so it went like that the whole entire time. And I just felt so lost and so like alone. No, like absolutely no resources. And no reassurance. Like no, not really a lot of hope. I remember it was like a hopeless thing for you where it was, you really weren't getting anything from anyone. Nobody. And, and it's, this is where the power of God, I felt like interceded Mm -hmm. because when we were, that hospital the room that we stayed in mm-hmm. one day prior the day prior a family left that room their child just happens to be the ninth child that had that exact same disability Mom? that my son had mm. oh we have a guest <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't help you do that, but you can go outside and maybe brother can help you do that. <laughs> she took the scooter out. See, they that voice, so cute. But they always get everything that they know that they're not supposed to. When you step away. <laughs> yep, all the time. Um, but I, I just remember being so like, just so lost, so helpless. So like, I felt like I was nothing for my son. Right. And that was like the most horrible feeling ever because he's sitting here like crying, whining. He doesn't know what's going on. He's telling me that he has no control over what's going on in his body. Mm. And for me to not be able to do anything about it and the doctors, all they can do is sedate him. It's like, where does that, that put you in? If they sedate him, then my mind is racing because I'm just like, are, is that is he going to come out of that sedation? Did I just really kill my son? Mm. Like, you know, you, you ask yourself those questions as a mom right. being in that situation. Right. And I felt like the worst mom in the world because I'm like, I can't comfort you in any way. I don't know how to comfort you in any way. He's screaming in pain. And he's even attacked me. Like, he pulled chunks of my hair out. I had bruises all over my body from him attacking me because they had to put him in a posy bed. And so when they put him in that posy bed, I stayed in there with him. And he basically used me as a punching bag every time his anger lashed out. And I had bruises and bald spots in my head. I remember that. It It was horrible. But, um... This diagnosis is very up and down. Mm-hmm. It's very unpredictable. You can't control anything that is coming in your direction when it comes to trying to nip it down with medication because the doctors do not know how to properly treat a child with these kind of symptoms. What so were they, they are- doing? Like, what were they doing to treat him besides sedating him? Or was that just their go to? That was their go-to, but they were giving him all kinds of other medication mm-hmm. based on their observation that they had. 
and based on their conversations that they had with me since I stayed in there with, right. with him 24-7. Right. So um, that's when they just started doing – that's when I really felt like it was like guinea pig moment mm. because it was just like, okay, we have to do this observation. Okay, this is the medication that we're giving. And it was repeatedly like that with doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor. And with that being said, they end up giving him at the highest peak of everything that was occurring. He was on 22 narcotics. Oh, my God. For five years old. Okay, so at some point you decided that you wanted to try other things when he was in the hospital, correct? Oh, that was his dad because I was lost and I was on like, I was on no films at all. Like I was just done. I was like a walking zombie. So his dad was there for every single meeting. And with that being said, his dad was kept on suggesting mm-hmm. holistic alternatives. Yeah. As they didn't know what they were doing. And they said that if they treated him holistically, we would have to leave the hospital because the hospital does not conduct and this is where i get raged with with medicine and i just yeah i don't know Um, big pharma yeah that's where i get so upset because when i came to visit you there you were giving him other things yeah yep and And you told me all about it i had to because Everything that we tried on their half didn't work. Right. And the last thing that they said that we had to do after putting him through dialysis nine times because they had to pump all that bad blood out and put new blood in him, mm. they had that done nine times. So it was dialysis. Wow, and man. treatment dialysis. Nine okay. times, my God. Nine times. Put it back in there. Nine times that happened. And it's like, how much more suffering are you going to right. put not only on but on us yeah because yeah. he is sedated during those nine times and he is how old and he has no more veins for you guys to pick at right all his they had to go to his feet and his calf area because they couldn't find no more veins in his arms or anywhere up top okay wow. so that's what like pushed me over the top too because i'm like you guys have no answers you're telling me that now i have to do chemotherapy chemotherapy wow no 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 chemotherapy his hair was already falling out yeah of all the other medication his body you remember seeing his pictures he looks like a skeleton because he could not eat and they kept on everything this was this was a crazy thing about his case. Even though he was only the tenth case there, he was the most severe that they've ever seen. Right. Everything that they gave him, his body rejected. So they brought in more stronger stuff to try to counteract whatever they just did. And none of so it worked. I felt like they were covering their tracks. Right. Because they didn't know what they were doing. Right, right. So, um so what makes me mad is that they just continue using him as a guinea pig right and so when they said chemotherapy i was like no you're already brought on dystonia and that's where the muscles get like super tight and they're all cramped and his nerves get all messed up um and from them 
misadministrating the medication that they did to him, it mm-hmm. brought on dystonia and it has severe consequences on his right foot. So he can't stay balanced. Wow. And he's always over and his, he stands tiptoe because of it. Still and till this day? What, he has that? Yes. Yeah, okay. Still to this day. Wow. And so the only thing that they told us to do was, okay, we're going to cast it like serial cast it. And once a month, you're going to come out to um, to another hospital. I um, can't remember the name of the hospital off the top of my head. But we were supposed to go every single month and his casting gets changed. And then we're going to try to continue to bend his, his foot. And that didn't work. We've tried that two rounds already, hmm. um, like two rounds of six months already. And wow. it hasn't done it. Then they said Botox. That didn't do nothing. So now they said, let's cut his Achilles <gasps> tendon. Wow. Oh, my God. I'm wow. sorry about my language, but what the hell or why the hell would you cut somebody's Achilles tendon so that they can forever, like, not be able to walk. That's just insane. I mean, especially after all the suffering he's already been through. I mean, the, the fact that's even brought up, you know. That's what they suggested. Gosh. And Aaron about flipped out. Oh, I bet. Because he's like, I play sports. Like, are you serious? If you did that to somebody that would be it for them. They would not be able to walk again. Well, there's no hope at that point. No. And so we did not do that. And that's when we just told the doctors like, okay, look at now we're going to start weaning him off of everything. Right. And they were like, we can't do that because if we do that, his body is going to go into shock. We're like, you guys started this. You guys administered the medication. Was his so their plan just to have him sitting there forever on all this medication? What was like their long-term goal for him? Um, they said the, the long-term goal is to send him home with a hospital bed <gasps> and me continue giving him all the medication that they were administrating to him at the hospital. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. So that's when we finally, Aaron had it, and he was like, you guys did this. We are not leaving until you fix it. That's because right. Because when we came in, you told us that we were going to walk out of here. This doctor, he said, your son will walk out of here with nothing wrong. No feeding tube, no nothing. I see a bright future, all this stuff. And then he wants to send him home with the hospital bed. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah. And so I quoted that doctor and they were like trying to defend him. I said, no, I'm going to hold you guys to your word. I yeah. am not leaving until my son is fully off of all these medications. Right. So they said, well, if you think that you're going to give him holistic medication while you're in here, you're wrong because we won't wean him off of everything. And we're like, no, we have rights as parents. You can't tell us what to do or how to do or nothing. Right. And so um, they did what we asked, which was starting to wean him off of all 22 narcotics. Damn, man. If that doesn't, if that doesn't sound messed up enough, I don't know what. Yeah, like, that's insane. You know? And so at that point, Aaron had been studying in the library because there was a library like right across the street. Mm-hmm. And he would spend hours in the library studying all these herbs. And then... um one of the days he went down to the old Chinatown 
Okay. Um, where it's all the herb shops. Yeah. And he went to the mom and pop one that has like the original owners, and he told them what was wrong. Right. He told them what was wrong with um, our son. Told them when Aaron told oh, them, yeah, what what was going on with your son? Did they have like some kind of idea of what to give him? Yeah. So they knew exactly what, what to give him. Wow. So we got those roots. We got those herbs. We smashed it up. Mm-hmm. We put, um, we ordered this other Chinese liquid. Like it was like a drop. Mm-hmm. Um, it took us, it took four weeks to get to us, but we ordered all, all the other stuff. Plus we added CBD, mm. but only the THCA portion of the plant because that was the portion of the plant that was going to rejuvenate his brain cells to bring it back Wow! Um, because they basically killed all his brain cells while they were in there. with all that treatment yeah yeah so we um <laughs> we still did things that they, they said not to, not to do to. right um i mean at so, that at that point though it feels like what do you have to lose you know it's like well, they've already I was basically living in the hospital. So it's yeah. like they, they've already told me how to, um, they already told me how to put in his feeding tube. Wow. Um, so I knew how to do his feeding tube. I knew how to work the machine with the dosage and stuff oh like my that. God. Because, me because we were, they, they had planned on sending us home with a hospital bed and all the hospital equipment and right. machines and everything. Right. So they trained me on how to do everything. Yeah. So while he was being weaned off, we were giving it to him, the holistic herbs. Right. Through his feeding tube. Right. low dosage. Right. So when you were giving him um, the herbs through the feeding tubes, were the doctors aware that you're doing this? No. No. Because they won't allow anything holistic. No. And what's the reason? Like, what's the reasoning for that? Did they ever give you an explanation for why there's no herbs or nothing holistic allowed? Um, I think it all has to do with the contract with the pharmaceutical companies. Of course. I mean, we know that. But what are they what are they telling you? Are they are they giving Um, you any explanation? They just said it was their policy. Mm, Of course. And I'm telling I'm just spilling all the tea because it's like people need to know. Well, they do. Um, the right thing to do to like to talk about what's actually going on in the hospital you know because I believe in holistic medicines I've done holistic stuff myself to cure certain problems I was having and I believe in it and the more research that I do and I know the more research that you've done um I just don't think most medicine is even necessary anymore of course there's like life-threatening you know I was in a really bad car accident and like if they didn't use yeah. medicine and surgery and all those things I'd be dead and so I have respect for the medical medical community, but it's like the fact that they're not even allowed to use any kind of holistic medicines or herbs or anything like that. To me, that's wild. And that says a lot about our system here. Yeah, I agree. And when we left, um, it took a while, but they started doing acupuncture Mm. for the kids. Right. That was holistic thing that we changed while we were there in the hospital. And I believe that. I love that. You know, can do a lot of healing right. for the body. Right. Um, but yeah, that's what we started doing. Um, we started 
the CBD and all the other herbs. And um, I took a picture of everything and I was giving him small dosages. It was the only thing that allowed him to sleep because oh, wow. he was not, he was up for, I think the longest he was up for was 72 hours. Oh my God. And that I was up for that long and I was like when I say I was a zombie I was a zombie because I did not trust anybody right because I was informed by certain of color nurses right that not to leave my son alone um, wow so I only trusted those specific nurses right because they were like, trust me, you're of color. Do not leave your son. The nurses were telling you, like, not to leave him alone. Because they seen and witnessed things that were done out of protocol. Wow. And so I'm, it's really sad to me. It, I lost both of my jobs because of it. Um, right. I know you lost everything. You had, a, you literally in, you know, no we notice were, you we had were, to step away from everything we in motels. yeah yeah we were right. in, like, literally motels when we got out but right it's, it's i find it as a blessing in disguise and why i say that was because one of the nurses one of the night nurses mm-hmm. she said i know it's um patient confidentiality but the patient that was in this room before you guys their son had the same thing and their son was in a coma for three months. Wow. And I go to church with them and I want to wow. give you hope because that little boy is now ushering again <laughs> in the church. And I just nearly broke down and cried. And she's like, can you please give this mom a call? And it just so happens, Cassie, that I didn't pay no attention, but there was post-it notes with, Bible verses, like chapters. One was like Psalm something, and like they had post-it notes of specific scriptures on the wall near the sleeping area that I was sleeping. Wow! And I didn't pay no attention to it until I finally had the nerve to call this mom because I was just like, you know, stranger danger. I don't know you, right? And so, uh, and during that time with me feeling all the emotions that I had, why do I want to go meet a stranger? Oh yeah. Right. Like I'm not, no, I'm not going to do that. Exactly. And so it took me like two months before I actually called her. But when I did, she came and when I seen their son walking down the hall, like nothing was my gosh, I cried. Like, I'm like, that's what I have to look forward to. Yep. And she's like, yes, God's going to heal your son. And it just so happens the husband is a children's pastor to their church. Oh, my God. And they're very active in their church. And when they came into the room, they were like, oh, you still have all these scriptures. We prayed over this room right before we left. Wow, that's a trip. That really is. Yeah. And they were like, our son had to literally be hoisted out of bed. Like with one of those engine hoists, because he was 16. And oh, so he was older. Yeah. Yeah. And to this, to this day, they're still trying to 
reclaim his memory because he lost his whole memory. Wow. Really? Yes. And that's why I say with every child, it's different. Yeah. With every, you know, everybody's body is different. But with everyone, I may have seen like the crazy mom, but I did not stop talking to him. Like, I didn't care if he was asleep. I didn't care if he was awake. I didn't care if he, like, thought I was annoying. Like, exactly. I talked to him every single day like I was talking to a wall. Yeah, and he wanted you wanted him to know you're there. Yeah, and I told him, like, this is mom. This is dad. This is, I would do videos with him. <sighs> and I continue to teach him, like, his colors, his shapes, the size. Right. And I did that even when he was sleeping. And they said there was a lot of healing in that for him because he didn't lose his memory. Wow. He remembers everything. Wow. And so they were like, you being a mom and doing that, like, enough healing for him to where he didn't lose his memory. Right. So it is just, it. It was just insane. (laughs) So I'm like very glad that, you know, we left when we did, Mm -hmm. um, got his therapy that he did, but overall, like, it's just, it's been a very up and down journey, but nothing that I would regret. And I'm very thankful that we went through it because it, I would say it matured me. Yeah. Oh, I bet. But it also, it also made me see a different side of me that I didn't think that I had. Mm, That strength. I was, I was so, I was so by the planner. Oh, I gotta get this done by this time. Right. Every single hour of my day had to be in my planner. If it's not, then I would just freak out because I was like a control freak when it came to like <laughs> my calendar. Right. And I, I felt like it was like a rude awakening. Yeah. That it was just God saying, sit your butt down. Yeah. And be still. Right. And listen to me. You have no control over this situation. This is all my doing. I'm trying to teach you something through this lesson, and you're not in control. Throw Mm. that planner away. Mm. That's exactly how I felt. (laughs) And I was like, okay, okay. But it was just every single night I've learned to journal through the process. Mm. I've learned to really sit down and be thankful for all the simple things. Yeah. Because, like... You know, you don't think about it. You're talking every day. You don't think about, like, how much your voice actually impacts somebody else. Right, yeah. So Until you lose it. Yep, and it's so simple, but yet right. so many people take it for granted. Yeah. And so that had occurred. It just made me really appreciate life and appreciate a sunset and appreciate mm. walking on concrete or walking on some grass right i didn't get to do that for a whole year yeah that's insane best believe that i appreciate walking on grass or walking barefoot i love that because it's just you know like you just don't realize how good you have it until it's all stripped from you that's right it's all stripped from you so drastically right and um, and it was just, I didn't think I had anything in me 
honestly, because I felt like I was just like, you know, in the Bible, how they have, um, who is it, um, reaching for Jesus's robe mm, at the end. Yeah. And you have absolutely nothing left in you. Like, I felt like I couldn't even reach my arm, like, to grab the end of the robe. Like, right. I, I would done. And that was the night where okay go that was the night <laughs> where i literally cried my eyes out like cried like i never cried before and my eyes were so swollen and i just i threw in the towel cassie mm. i threw in the towel i gave up i prayed and i said god if it's your will let it be done if you need to take my son i know it's for a greater purpose but i surrender him to you I'm only here as his physical mom on this earth and I'm thankful for the time that I've had with my son but if it's in your will let it be done gosh that breaks Did you my heart know that an hour later um Aharon was dropped off at the room and I was like just sleep a little bit just sleep and he wouldn't sleep and I guess Arun talked after not talking and I was just like, I thought I was dreaming because I had cried so hard and my eyes were swollen and I just, I, I was tired and right. I had only been asleep for an hour and he talked again and Aharon woke me up and he was like, mom, everyone's talking. And I'm like, no, he isn't. So I told Aharon, I was like, just pinch me, sock me, whatever you need to do. I'm sleeping because I thought I was dreaming <laughs> that thing. he was dreaming. This little boy started, like, beating me up in the hospital. <laughs> and then I was up. I was like, okay, okay, I'm up. And so I told everyone, I was like, if you're really awake, say something to me. And he straight up, like, turned his head, looked at me, and was like, mom, your breath stinks. And I was like. And he hadn't like, talked I'm in a really long time, right? No. Yeah. And he said it like a full sentence. And I, like, I was in so much shock like I cried but then I laughed and then I was like quiet with my mouth open and I was like Aharon pinch me pinch me pinch me tell me that I'm not dreaming and then Arun just starts laughing like this pure like genuine laugh <sighs> and my heart felt like it was going to like jump out of my chest mm. I was filled with so much like warmth so much happiness and um, I was, like, glowing, apparently, because his nurse came in, and she was like, what's this glow on your face? And I was like, Aaron just spoke to me. And she looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> she looked at me like I was so crazy. And I was like, hold on. Like, I'm serious. He just talked to me. And she's like, okay, Aaron, if you're, like, mom is really not crazy what is my daughter's name because we're always talking about her in right here. and he goes riley and she starts crying oh i, I bet oh my god and, and, and so she's like get him ready brush his teeth get him ready and then we're gonna act like we're just taking a walk down the nurse's station and then tell everybody 
And so I'm like super excited. She is like crying, laughing, like we're just laughing because everyone starts like singing Disney songs. And I was like, what the heck? It literally went from him not talking at all to like singing and saying sentences. And like by noon that day, he has said 2,500 words. And so, and literally I counted every single word because I'm like, what? (laughs) Like I was just so over the moon. And, um, so he went out to the nurse's station and his nurse was like, everybody, we have an announcement to make me mm. and everyone. And everybody got quiet. And he goes, what's the Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi password? No. And everybody literally dropped what they were doing. Their mouths were open. They were crying. Oh, and everybody was just like, like, just shocked. Um, and then the head supervisor, she was like, I'm emailing all the doctors. I'm texting. I'm calling them right now. Everybody, like the nurses, the doctors, the rehab doctors, like came up and they were like, Rune, is this true? And he was just giggling and laughing the whole entire day. Like just because he was like throwing everybody off and it was just such a He was so amused. <laughs> yeah. It was such a beautiful experience. And then I was so pissed off. After, like, his afternoon, we went into the room to, like, do his medicine and stuff like that. And one of the meanest doctors came in, and he goes, "Uh, this might be an episode of your son just being stupid. And he just said it like that. like Wow. What? and, And I looked at him. I said, I have not heard my son talk this whole entire time. If you have anything to say, you can get the good for you I I said it exactly like that and he looked at me and I was like you are not gonna steal my happiness yeah what a sicko right now and he he was like well I'm just trying to be realistic and letting you know it might be a stupid episode and I'm like okay let's just okay okay and I just stood back and I, I told him I was like get the f out and he looked at me and he was like Okay, I can do that. And then mm. later on, I guess he um, he had called up there and checked and see if he was still talking because he really thought it was just an episode of him being stupid. Um, but from that point on, he continued to talk. He's and never stopped were, talking since then? Wow. They, yeah, and they just were just like, they were just shocked. And they didn't know what to say. They have no scientific explanation, so they don't know what oh, to no. say. No medical explanation. We, we know what happened. Exactly. <laughs> right. We know God exactly intervened. Yeah. And and then on top of that, like all the holistic medication that yep. we've been giving him yep. so that there was no gaps in him when he was getting weaned off. Pumping like, all that so, good stuff into him. Yeah. And so that from that point, like when we left, he was talking. Um, he was still in a wheelchair. Um, and he was still having a feeding tube and it continued, I would say, I think like three or four months it continued with the feeding tube at home. Yep. Until one day he just tore it out and he asked for a cheeseburger. Shut up. Oh my God. Literally he asked for a cheeseburger and I'm like, we, you just tore your feeding tube out. We still have to go check to make sure that, um, they do like this x-ray radiation after 
get your uh, feeding tube taken out to make sure like your food flows down like properly. And okay. Into the right yeah. Person. And Aaron's like, screw that. He's like, I've been his doctor from this time up. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, we're not going to go and pump more radiation into our son. Right. Like, no, he's fine. I said he's fine. And I was like scared because I was yeah. like, trying to do everything with protocol because I'm nervous because I'm sticking a feeding tube down my son's nose into yeah. his stomach so he can make sure he's getting the right intake. Right. And I was like, everything falls on me. This is scary as heck. And so he was like, no, he's fine. He went and got him a cheeseburger. But that little boy just sucked on the meat, sucked on the bread. And he had um, a little bit of ketchup on his plate. And he took, he picked up that plate. I remember like his hands weren't stretched out all the way. At that time, he was like this. He picked up that plate and he started licking the ketchup. He oh had ketchup God. all over his nose and his mouth. And he was like, this is so good. How long had it so been good. since he ate? At that point. Um, at that point, like a year and something months. Oh, my God. Wow. So he was like eating and he, I was like, you know, shredding the meat for him to eat. But he was just. I bet you were so, elated. <laughs> I, I was just like, I was scared at the same time. Yeah. Like, you can't eat that fast. But he was just so excited. It was just mm. such a, like a breaking point for us. And um, yeah. Uh, and from here on out like we've been getting I changed his diet so it's gluten free no sugar to help his mood swings and then we started just recently eating raw quail eggs Mm. Uh, but raw quail eggs actually has three to four times more the amount of protein than one regular egg oh wow I didn't know that so those tiny eggs like have a lot of nutrition in them and so um if you take one raw quail egg a day it's actually equivalent to equivalent to one vitamin b12 pill and it prevents your hair from falling out it helps your skin it helps your eczema and they're hypoallergenic so they don't give you the same um like reaction as if you were allergic to a regular egg where do you get the quail eggs from? You can get them from the Asian store. My cousin started selling them by the container. Oh, wow. I have I have quails because I have my fresh quail eggs, and I know that they're fresh. Wow, that's healthy. awesome. Um, so we just crack them and take them like shots with a little bit of orange juice, and that's we, we switched over to eating quails and eating quail eggs. Right. Um, just regular eggs. But, yeah, we've learned – the whole process of that and it's it's been phenomenal like having a second chance at life and trying to make it count by loving on him and not teaching him anything about what materialistic things mm. can do for you we, we really instill in him like love and kindness and learning about nature and mother earth and what it can really do for you and how it can heal you. Right. Um, We took out radiation is like huge, you know, and like we don't think about it. So when we left the hospital, we stopped using a microwave. We don't use like air fryers. We don't have a TV in our home. We have computers for their school and tablets for in case. But once they get up in the morning, they're outside playing all day. Right. 
we um Aaron <laughs> well during COVID everything was shut down so he built tree houses and then mm. zip line from one tree house to the How other fun. So, that's so like, cool we have like a whole playground inside of our yard and like the kids pick the eggs every single morning um oh cool so we like really teach them they've seen like chickens hatched and they've like you know they just experience things kind of like a homestead right i want them to be to know how to grow plants to grow things from seeds like all of that so they for the most part when it comes down to like homesteading i think we can survive (laughs) i love that that's so awesome yeah so what does his life look like now like what are the struggles for him now so we still and have not stopped Mm -hmm. we still have therapy so he gets two occupational therapies a week two group occupational therapies a week um two speech therapy lessons a week and then we do physical therapy with him seven days a week oh my gosh so, yeah and he has a special ed class and then his homeschooling so that's so it's one kid. right so it's not like his life like just went back to a nor like what a normal child's life would be it's forever impacted by this yeah yeah so one thing about this diagnosis is it can switch off at any moment and what i mean by that is it can literally go all the way back from zero to 100 that fast wow so they they warned us that since it's an autoimmune diagnosis that if you're around other people or if you're just in an environment where there's a lot of people you don't see germs you don't see bacteria he gets sick there's a 99% chance that he won't end up in the hospital and might lose his life. Oh my God. I literally live in fear. And I'm, that's why we're so big on continuing to do things holistically. Right. Because I'm just, dude, I'm, he wants to go to Legoland so bad and I'm terrified to take him. Oh yeah. I don't blame you. And they keep on telling me like, don't let fear get in the way. Don't let fear get in the way. Well, like, after what you've been through, I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of hard to yeah. say unless you've lived it, you know? I agree. And I'm just like, you guys don't understand. I don't no. go to birthday parties. I don't do any of that anymore because I, how how am I going to feel if he gets sick and I can't heal him right away? And you have you three know? other children. Yeah. And so that's why I'm studying holistic. I'm in a wild herb academy right now and I'm learning all about oh, I love that. that. Learn like I've learned about everything, how to pull the poison from um from poison ivy and actually use all its medicinal properties to heal yourself. Wow. So it's like I've learned to extract all the medicinal properties from poisonous plants. Like I'm learning how to do all of that because I know it's going to be beneficial towards our health yeah. and then everybody in our community that maybe I can help you because I just know a little bit something about yeah. this. Yes. But I love that. that. That falls all within our category of our nonprofit because what I'm trying to do is we're trying to gain a big piece of property and I'm going to have his nonprofit organization on that property because mm. we are going to be growing all the wild herbs. We're going to be growing all the wild flowers, everything. That's so, so cool. And then Aaron's going to, Aaron and me are going to build a bunch of mini houses on our property so that it's like a retreat that the families 
can come and actually stay there for six months after they leave the hospital learn all about how to heal your body with these herbs oh my how to gosh how to grow these herbs how to process the herbs everything so i'm going to be teaching them how to do all of that while healing their child that is so and amazing have a name for the nonprofit organization yet it's ninja strong i oh, love it so, yeah so it just the front cover of our actual book mm-hmm. is the actually the the entryway to his nonprofit. So the whole monastery oh, look, everything is going to be very tropical, very serene. So it's going to be a place of peace and quiet where you heal yourself with sound therapy and with, you know, all the herbs and we teach right. you how to stay together as a family while learning and supporting each other with healing your child with herbs. So we're going to be able to provide housing for them for six months. That is so cool. So that they can get their feet back together. And that's where right. my expertise with, you know, the financial aspect and the credit aspect, I'm going to try to educate them, give them a game plan, a budget so that they can get back on their feet after the six months. Um, and that's why everything that I've been doing is just like preparation, little pieces. For that. Preparation for that. I love that. That is so um, cool. It's just I'm going to be, you know, teaming up with hospitals that, you know, have families that have had what we have had and then really healing them holistically and everything that we've done. Right. And you guys published a book. So I'm going to put that link. It's from um, on Amazon, correct? I'm going to put that link in the notes. Yeah. It's called The Ninja Inside Me and every, every section of the actual ninja everything that he's training with is a section in Arun's diagnosis Mm. so the was like him training with the boa he can't balance with the boa um and that's the first part in what happened with Arun he couldn't balance he couldn't hold his balance so right everything correlates with each weapon that the ninja trains with and then I created a um a therapy book so that they can remember everything that they are supposedly supposed to lose in the process of being sick. Mm. So all the occupational therapies, speech therapies, everything for the past three to four years that I've been attending to, I put all right. into this book. So those are all the activities that these kids can do to continue healing their brain. Oh, wow. And that's all in the same book. Um, that's One book? The other activity book. Oh, so two I books. Okay. Oh, nice. Okay. That's what we were working on in the hospital. Um, That was my kind of outlet with Aaron. Yeah. Right. I would work on it at nighttime and I would, I created that book, this book from literally scratch. Yeah. Never drew, right? Never (laughs) did anything like this. And I just started sketching this whole entire book out and I look at it and I'm like, that was God's hand on my hand because mm. I don't even know how to draw. Right. And how does my book look like a cartoon? Like somebody actually That is so cool. And um, so like I have the original book and I'm like, man, like that was God's hand on my hand because I did not know what I was doing. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Um, but it just everything that he's did in therapy down to like glow in the dark therapy like I incorporated every big piece of art 
that he did in therapy in the hospital, I put it in his book. So mm. if you look at the front of his book, the monastery has like a spin art, and then on the ninja's belt is his spin art. And he did that in one of his therapy sessions in the hospital. Oh, so I put it in. That's his so book. neat. So every single page has something that he did in the hospital for. Um, so I recognized it like that aspect for him. But he's he's such a great kid. And I'm so That's so awesome. I yeah. really appreciate you sharing your story with us today. Yeah, not a problem. It's just I hope to it reaches somebody that, you know, will give them some kind of clarity or some kind of answers. But be hopeful because the nonprofit organization is coming. I'm so excited <laughs> for that. Uh, I'm super, super excited for you for the nonprofit. And I can't wait to have you back on again to share all of that. Um, but thank you so much for your time today. And I will be sharing everything in the notes for the books. I'm really excited for that, too. Not a problem. And I appreciate you having me on. I love you. Love you, too, girl. <laughs> Bye.